Hi everyone, my name is Mark Graham and welcome to SkewCast, the podcast that explores the who, what, why, and how of the promotional products industry. SkewCast shines a light on our industry's best work, features maverick personalities, and discusses what's really involved in running a modern promotional products business. SkewCast is the official podcast of Common Skew. If you like what you hear, make sure to keep in touch by subscribing to the show on iTunes or at our blog, community.commonskew.com. And with that, let's get to it. In today's episode, we are going to talk about how to create excellent content and why this matters to the modern promotional products professional. Our guest today is Kirby Hossaman, president of Hossaman Marketing and Communications. In addition to Kirby's successful distributor business, he is also a speaker, blogger, podcaster, video personality, and author. We are going to speak with Kirby how he balances the demands of running a business with these content efforts. We'll also discuss the impact content has had on his business and how you can get started today with your very own content program. Kirby has also just published his fourth book, Fan of Happy, Life Lessons for My Daughters. The book offers some powerful tips on how to live a more successful and positive life. It's a wonderful read, a playbook that every business person should have when navigating the ups and downs of life and business. And as a special promotion for SkewCast listeners, we will be giving away 25 copies of Kirby's book to you. For your chance to win, tag us, that's Common Skew, on Facebook, Twitter, or Common Skew, and we'll track you down. Kirby, welcome to the program. It is so great to have you with us again today. Oh, man, what an intro. Thanks a lot, Mark. I really appreciate it, and I appreciate you uh, your support on the uh, the progress of the book and everything like that. So thanks, man. Yeah, hey, I, it's the least I could do, and it's a really fantastic read as well. So, really wanted to, um, you, you know, give uh, give some folks in the Common Ski community uh, an opportunity to read it as well. So, thank you for writing it. Um, so, let's jump into this. So, Kirby, in addition to running Hossaman Marketing, you have a blog, a video interview series, a speaking business, a podcast, and are the author of four books. Where do you find the time to generate so much content? <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's a question I get a lot, uh, as you might expect. And, you know, I've given a lot of thought to it. Um, and I've always, honestly, I've really struggled to, to honestly answer it, Mark. And, and, and because I knew you'd ask the question, I wanted to really be introspective about it. And I've come up with kind of a couple reasons, right? A couple ways. Number one, I, 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 probably about two years ago, I decided that this was the right way for me to grow our business. Yeah. And once I kind of made that decision, it's not, you know, it, it's not a choice. You know, if, if I really honestly believe that content creation and content marketing are the ways to separate myself, to elevate our company, it would be irresponsible of me not to create content, if that makes yep. sense. It's kind of like, you know, with, with the sort of the old school sales way of thinking, you know, it would be like a salesperson saying, well, I just don't have time to do cold calls. Yep. Well, that would be an absurd thing to say because that's the way you grow your business. Well, if you really yep. believe in content, you make the time. And, you know, part two of the, of the answer, you know, and this is – the answer is evolving. But part two is I put a lot of time into it. Like, you know, I shot a new Day in the Life series just the other day, 
And, you know, my day started that day on camera at 6 a.m. That's when I start putting, working on the content and putting it out. And my day, the last video clip I shot before I went home was 8 p.m. And right. I'm not suggesting that's for everybody, but that's how I create the time. I work, I work at it right. a lot, if that makes any right. sense. Well, I, I, I think it's a great answer and probably a great reminder for people that are listening to this that once you know something works for you, either as a point of differentiation or as a sales and business driver, then you'd be crazy not to continue to double down on that. And right. I think what I, what I like about this is it's not like you um, decided to go and spend time on content as some you know vanity or hobby project. You did it because you saw the direct connection between that and sales, right? Or, or right. business that an awareness for your, for your brand and you're good at it and you're getting readership and you're getting engagement. So it's not so much, uh, uh, it's not so much a matter of like, where do you find the time? It's more a matter of this is a key part of your business. So of course you do it. So it, it's almost right. a silly question, I suppose, once you frame it from, from a business and sales driving perspective. Well, it's it, and, and, and I don't want to insult the question because it's one I get a lot. It's just one that I think a lot of the time when people are like, well, I don't have time to do it, the real answer is you haven't made it a priority. It isn't you have not you don't believe that it's going to impact your business because if you did, yeah. you make the time. Yeah. Well, and 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 I think that that's also important, right? That you it it's not right for everyone, right? Like you may right. not necessarily have a gift for content. And that doesn't mean that you're not a successful business person. Um, right. It just means that it may not be a channel that's for you. You may be a an amazing cold caller. And right. if that's the case, then double down in cold calling. If it's generating business results for you and uh, and maybe recognizing that there are limitations. So I think that that's important, that this is not for everyone. Well, and I, the other the other thing that I warn everybody about, whenever you get into con content creation, social media, that sort of thing, the important thing, I think, is that it's a long-term investment. It's a long-term play. You don't put out one blog one day, and then all of a sudden your business blows up. It's something yep. that you have to do consistently over time. And a lot of people don't have the stomach or the patience to do that. Yep, exactly. So I want to ask you about routines. Um, are you able to tell me about your routine, or sorry, your routine for producing content? Are there any best practices you have developed over the years to make it any easier? And where do you find inspiration for your content? Yeah, it's, it's a fantastic question. I'm glad to share uh, what I do, and I'm not sure that my way is the way for everybody, just like you know before. But um, I'm I'm a kind of a morning person. I know you and I have traded emails early in the AM, so I tend to get up early. I tend to get myself some coffee, and then I get in front of the computer. I try to put some good stuff in my brain. <laughs> Your, our, our Seth Godin, our our Gary V, our different blogs, the Common Skew blog, and um, then I try to create in the morning. I try to write something in the morning. I try to make sure that I have a new blog post in the morning. And then, um, so that's sort of my routine each day. That's how I end up having something each day. Then um, from a podcast perspective, I'm now doing the podcast every business day. And my preference is to do those, try to do those on weekends, if that makes sense, because then I can batch. Because that's when you can really, you know, knock as much out as possible without the phone ringing, without all the interruptions. So I'll knock out 
three, four, five podcasts on a Saturday. Um, and so I, I find that I can be way more efficient and effective by kind of batching that sort of thing. And then the biggest challenge is the Delivering Marketing Joy web show because that one, as you know, I am tied to the schedule of the person who's my guest. And so right. I kind of have to do that whenever I can do it, whenever it fits into the calendar of uh, the guest. And so the morning is the biggest routine. Saturday, you know, Sunday, the weekend when I spend a little time doing the batch stuff is a routine. And then, you know, <laughs> delivering marketing joy is kind of hit or miss. Right, right. So I'm I'm curious to understand the relationship between content and sales. I and mean, we talked about this at the beginning. Um is there a way that you can quantify the impact your content has had on your promotional products business? And if, if so, um, is there a particular content channel that has worked best for you in this regard? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, so I guess let me take a step back and say a little bit philosophical, right? So you've kind of talked a little bit about the content that I've created. And, and so we're doing a lot of different kinds of things. And so what we've decided to do is to work on building sort of Kirby Hossaman's personal brand. Forgive me talking about myself in the third person. Um, but by working on that and then pulling our company, you know, Hossaman Marketing along for the ride. And I can draw specific conclusions to orders um, where someone who, for example, that was uh, an entrepreneur who I interviewed on Delivering Marketing Joy ended up starting a new startup and then they ordered t-shirts from me and the only way we know each other is through me interviewing them on Delivering Marketing Joy. That makes sense? Yeah, um, and so there are those very specific, hey, we did, we did some work together through social media and content, and now all of a sudden I become their go-to guy. But gosh, it's, for me, it's more about um, creating legitimacy in the marketplace about our entire brand. And so it's creating uh, leads for the rest of our sales team, um, where when somebody Googles us or Facebooks us or whatever – a lot of legitimate, relevant content comes up. And so regardless of, you know, the, the uh, platform, we have had specific successes. So it, it's hard to answer like, oh, hey, I got this T-shirt order because of this, because I think social right. media and content doesn't work that way. But right. on the other side, which one's the best for me? Um, that one's... The, the challenge with that is we've had success with each area. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it. But I'd right. say the two things, like delivering marketing joy, the web, you know, the web show, is probably the thing we're most well known for. So that's right. definitely one of them. And then the book, delivering marketing joy. Whenever right. you can walk into a client and say, "Look, I wrote the book on this," <laughs> right. Uh, right? You know, literally, that tends. Yeah, it tends to lend a lot of credibility. I always said, if I have a client walk into my office holding my book, it's not a question of whether they're going to buy. Right. It's a question right. of what we're going to recommend for them. Right, right, exactly. And what's interesting is that both of those properties are ones that um, have been around for some time. And I mm-hmm. think that that's... Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think what's interesting is that the video show has been, you know, almost what, two years now, maybe a little shy of that. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. And then of course, 80 some episodes in. Yeah. Right. And then, and then of course, delivering marketing joy, that book is, you know, maybe about two years ish old as well. And 
and and I think that that's an important point that if you're going to be good at content, not only does the content need to be of high quality, but it also needs to be consistent. And it also takes a while, right, to, to, uh, to, to spread the word and for you to make an impact. And I think that's where a lot of people quit. So I'm not surprised. Oh, it, it is the that biggest. Those are the ones that are successful. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. No, Mark, you hit on the, the nail on the head. If there is a big, like my biggest pet peeve when it comes to content creation, social media, it's consistency and time. Yep. Like honestly, if you give me the choice, like of course you want your your content to have good quality. But here's the funny thing about it: if you're consistent and you do it regularly, your content quality will improve. Yep. <laughs> it's just the nature of yep. the business. And right. so the consistency piece is the biggest mistake I see everybody make. They they create a yep. Facebook page, they post like crazy for about a week, and then they don't do anything until next October. Right. Right. That doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah, it, it reminds me of that uh, great post that you wrote uh, quite recently on uh, things you've learned from runners. And I think that one of your mm-hmm. points is, you know, showing up and just doing it and uh, and not giving up because everyone knows that if you're trying to uh, improve your running, that, uh, you know, you can go out a couple of times and it's going to be really painful, but that you really need to stick around for a little bit longer than just a couple of runs if you're going to have yeah. any hope at improving. So, um, but <laughs> Man, that's hard at the beginning. <laughs> well, I always, you know, anytime you ever hear somebody, and I know, I know you run a little bit, I run a little bit, and people who tell me, oh, I hate running, and I'll, I'll ask them about their experience, and it's usually they have something with sports, right? Well, yeah. they're like, yeah, we'll run a mile, and it's just awful. And I'm always like, oh, the miles, the, the, the first mile is the worst part. Yeah. And I think that's kind of apropos of content and social media. It's like you got to get started and get through the, you know, Seth Godin would call it the dip. You got to work through that and keep going. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It's great advice. Um, I want to switch gears and I want to talk about the book, not only what it's about, but I also want to get into how you did this because one of the things that uh, we want to deliver on this particular episode is um, telling other people how they could publish their own book as well. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into that, but why don't we, we'll, we'll back up and, um, as I said in the introduction, your current book, Fan of Happy, Life Lessons for My Daughters, is now available on Amazon um, for a purchase uh, on Kindle as well as in hard copy. Um, can you tell me about the premise of the book? Absolutely. So, um, and anybody with, with any kids, whether you've had them before, you have them now, whatever, uh, I have two teenage daughters, and they're awesome. Yeah. I love them. Um, but there are times in your life with teenagers, boys or girls, where you as a parent feel like you have some wisdom to impart, you hope, right? And ironically, that's usually not the time that the teenager wants to hear it, <laughs> at least in my experience. And uh, so, I, you know, I, after banging my head up against that wall, that particular wall for a while, I was like, you know, I'm going to write some of these lessons down because at some yep. point I think they will want to hear them. And about halfway through the process, I was like, you know what, I actually think there's some value here, not only for my kids, but for me and for other people. And that's when I kind of made the decision, okay, let's let's put this into book form. And so um, that's what it kind of turned into is like 110 kind of personal development lessons for all of us. Right. Right. Um, and it's, it's, fan, uh, it's such a great read. Um, I'm, I'm curious if you can tell us uh, if, if you have any particular favorite lesson, uh, if you could tell us what that is and why that means so much to you. 
Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, but, but the reason I say that is because each one of these lessons I usually wrote at a time when I felt whatever it was, was, you know, I've just had some sort of exchange with my daughter. So I was like, Ooh, this needs to be a lesson that we discuss at some point. Right. So at different points, different things are more important. One of the things, if there's an overarching one, I guess it's like, I think that in today's day and age, it's really hard to think for yourself, to be an original thinker. And so for both of my girls and certainly, uh, right this moment, my oldest girl, I'm like, Hey, you know what? Those who are going to succeed in today's economy and tomorrow's economy are people who think legitimately for themselves. So be an original right. thinker. That's number one. And then ironically today, you know, my youngest daughter's in a different place, right? And so the lesson for her that I guess I would want is push out good. Push out good, you'll get good back. Because I think so many times with teenagers, the opposite is true. Yep. They, they push out negative and then they get negative back. And it's, it becomes a fulfilling, you know, a self-fulfilling cycle. And so those two right there, right this moment, <laughs> are the ones that are resonating with me. Um, but obviously, uh, there are several in there that I think tend to reach people at different times in their lives. Yeah. And, uh, um, and for those that haven't had a chance to read the book, um, I, I'm actually going to take an opportunity to read one of the passages that I, that I thought was really impactful. And I think this, this will all give, um, people a sense as to your writing style and to, you know, how, uh, how digestible this is. So this is, uh, I'm not sure which lesson this is, but the, the lesson is called Getting Knocked Down. And it goes as follows. There are very few guarantees in life. But one thing that is sure to happen, you will get knocked down. The fact of the matter is, if you are going to try and achieve anything in life, you will have your share of obstacles. There will be failures. There will be people telling you that you can't do it. You will have moments you question the journey yourself. The true test of a person, a team, or an organization is how they respond when the resistance shows up. My advice, treat the obstacles as proof that you are on the right track. Understand that these are defining moments. Take a breath, or sorry, take a breath and consider why you are doing what you are doing in the first place. Take the next step. Um, and, and I, I suppose I love that because it's uh, a little bit like what we've been talking about all along with uh, content being difficult or running being difficult and that it's, it's all about taking that next step. And I love how you put it that oftentimes it's proof that you are on the right path and that right path doesn't necessarily always have to be super easy. Um, and I know that Seth Godin and Stephen Pressfield, they've certainly yep. written about this topic as well. And, uh, but, but you've, um, you, you've written about it in a really clear and cogent way. And I, and I just love the fact that it's short, it's concise and digestible. And that's an example of the, you know, I think you've got, uh, you know, a number of other lessons that are written in the same style. So it's, uh, it's very enjoyable. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. It's it's so funny, Mark. Too. It's kind of surreal to hear someone read something like that back to you <laughs> as the author of it, um, yeah. because you're like, wow, that, that that actually sounds pretty good. I wonder who did that. Yeah, it must be the Canadian <laughs> accent. It must be that. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Um, okay. I I, I want to get into the nitty gritty here. Okay. So sure. I'm listening to this. And, and I'm, I'm now convinced that I want to write my own book. I want to, I want to publish something, put it out there. Can you tell me about the steps that you took to publish this book and 
was this any different than the steps you took to publish your previous three books? Sure. No, that's a great question. Um, it, it, you know, it's interesting. Whenever you um, and I don't want to like be uh, silly or whatever, but I, I think that you know, step one is start writing something every day, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, get get whatever it is and get somebody other than your dad or mom to look at it to edit it. <laughs> Those are kind of the, the first steps. But once you actually want to go through the publishing process. What I did this time is I, I went through a company called Create Space. So it's right, you go online, createspace.com. Uh, it's a company that's owned by Amazon. So I like that because you know it's going to be pretty frictionless when it comes, A, what Amazon does, they generally do very well. So publishing the, the actual book was really pretty easy. And then you know it's going to be frictionless when you want to sell it on Amazon. And so, right. um, so once I had the cover chosen and, and, you know, essentially all the book stuff done, it was probably a three, four hour process of getting it up and running on create space. It was really pretty painless. Right. And then, you know, then they go through and they, you know, they do their, their, uh, overnight checks. They send you a proof, an actual proof of the book, which that's what I actually have in my hands right now, ironically. Um, and then you can look through it, make changes, whatever. And really quickly, you can both, you can then, um, share it for Kindle. You know, it, they, they literally walk you step by step on how to do it, changes they suggest you make. And within, gosh, probably less, probably a week, I had it up on Amazon. Right. That's amazing. So, because I, if you, if you think about the process or at least the traditional way of doing this is, mm-hmm. You know, you would have spent probably more time trying to get the thing published than yeah. you spent actually writing it. And yeah. um, it's amazing that these tools are uh, a so accessible and b expensive, uh, and how you can have something up on what is it, the Earth's biggest store? Is that how they describe themselves on Amazon? Yeah. Um, and you, you know, and and it's printed on demand. So that's really quite an amazing journey that uh, you know the publishing industry has been on. Well, and what I love about it too, and we both have mentioned Seth Godin here so far, uh, he says it right, is you don't need to wait on anybody else's permission to do it. Like when I did my first book, which was called Think Big Marketing for Small Business, I was looking for publishers. You're looking for someone to say, yeah, that's good enough. Yeah, it's okay. Um, And and that's fine. But the last two, Delivering Marketing Joy and Fan of Happy, it's been a much less stressful experience and quite frankly i've made more on it like from an actual dollars and cents and it's not like i'm retiring on it but you think well gosh is it going to be as good it's been much better from my perspective and you know i know other people have different but i didn't wait i didn't need to wait on anybody's permission to do this i just as as seth would say i chose myself right right that's yeah that's amazing well good on you for following that advice um (laughs) so i i want to i want to switch gears and talk about, you know, the process of marketing the book. And here, here's my angle. So, you know, you've, you've written this thing and I think that anyone who is successful, um, whether they're an author or they're a a distributor business person, um, is this idea of product market fit, right? So you're treating the book like a product and I'm curious as to, who your customer is or who your ideal reader is and how have you communicated to him or her? 
It's a great question, and it's one I struggle with with this particular book more than most because, it, like, with delivering marketing joy, I felt like, okay, I'm, I'm looking at marketers and I'm looking at people in the promotional products industry. It's actually a pretty, you know what I mean? It was actually pretty easy. This is one that I think this is a book that's appropriate for, you know, I don't want to say anybody because, you know, if everybody's your customer, nobody is. Yeah. But it's the thing I've struggled the most with because obviously I wrote it for my uh, teenagers. And so I think it's yeah. appropriate for them, but I gave it as uh, gifts to all my staff because I think it's appropriate for them. <laughs> um, so the, uh, the customer, I think, is anybody who's interested in success and personal development. So whether yeah. that's a salesperson, whether it's an entrepreneur, whether it's a um, uh, whether it's, you know, another author, whatever. Um, but you know, the way I've kind of gone to market is to, to segment it and say, look, I'm going to do some marketing that is specific to our industry, yep. honestly, because yep. I'm, people know me in it. Yep. I, I'm, I'm segmenting into the entrepreneurial world because that is an audience that makes sense because they're into personal development as a yep. rule. And then, honestly, another piece is uh, graduation gifts. That's a yeah. bunch of people have given it as graduation gifts. And um, and then like board gifts and things like that. And so my yeah. thing is, is gosh, any it just like the business we're in, I don't. Yeah. I, I want to sell one, but gosh, if I can sell a hundred, that's better. So yeah. that's sort of been my thought process. Yeah. Well, and I, I and I asked that question because I'm because I think that anything that is successful in business ultimately is successful because of product market fit. And you know, I don't want to make this sound soulless by any stretch, but. I think that you see so many people spend all this time and energy writing books that go nowhere. And yes. that's that's a real shame. Not that you're out financially, given what we've just discussed with CreateSpace and the Amazon platform, but it's a shame when what you've all the blood, sweat and tears that you've put into it, if if there's not a market for that. And and I think it's right. really interesting for um, other, you know, uh, potential authors that are might be listening to this that uh, you you may you may write the the or what you think is the greatest book ever but if you haven't really understood your market or haven't understood how to communicate to that market segment then um you know the only people reading your book might be your you know your parents <laughs> exactly well and again anybody who does this and, and as you said put out the blood sweat and tears you know essentially a book is filled with ideas an idea yep. or multiple ideas and you want people to consume your ideas. And good, bad, or indifferent, you want some feedback for it. And the only way that yep. happens is if it gets in people's hands. Yep. Yep, exactly. No, and I, uh, and, 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 uh, you know, I love that answer. And uh, good on you. And I'm, I'm glad to see that it's off to a great start. Um, so in, in kind of wrapping up here, Kirby, I, I'm curious if you can talk to me a little bit about the objectives that you had for writing this book. And... The follow-up question to that is, what does success look like to you? Mm. No, that's a great question. And, um, you know, I think initially, and, and so it's kind of layered. Is that is that fair? Um, yeah. So layer number one, success, is if my wife my and my both my daughters read the book and get something out of it, poof, success. Because yeah. at, at the beginning of the day, that was really what I was trying to do. Is I was trying to create a lasting sort of legacy of my thoughts for my daughters. Yep. Um, and so that's and, and that's not a cop out. That's the truth. Um, yep. Now that past that, you know, most books I, I I've seen different studies, but you know, sell fifty or a hundred copies. So my goal 
initially is to sell a thousand copies, to start yep. with a thousand copies. And I think, again, I think the way to do that is for people to buy 25 or 50 at a time, whether for companies and whatever. Now, ultimate goals, if I could get in front of an audience that's much bigger, is 10,000 copies. And yep. that, so those are, those are sort of my layered objectives. And if I can get the first one done, my wife and my kids, then I'll start worrying about a thousand. <laughs> Well, I would think that they would probably be the toughest, uh, uh, you know, the toughest audience, right? Is there maybe yeah, some eye rolling going like, oh, dad, or, you know, oh, Kirby, you know, you're my husband. And, but, but I think that in all, ser- in all seriousness that um, often family members are going to be the biggest critics because they, um, so much of what you write about is, has to do with them. And so it's right. very, very personal. Um, but I, I, I uh, uh, I, and I know I, and I've certainly spoken with Amy, and uh, I know that she's a big fan, and I'm sure your daughters are as well. So don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, but you know, it's it's um, what, what's been really cool, honestly, Mark, is that people like you, people like you know, other people I respect in the industry, and people who've read it are are kind of reaching out and telling me that they've enjoyed it. Ultimately, that is you don't do it for that, but man, yeah. does that ever make you feel good? Yeah. You know what? I've got, uh, I've got one, one more bonus question for you and then we'll sure. wrap up and I'm going to, and I also want to remind people about, uh, the book give, uh, giveaway as well, uh, before we close off. Um, you know, Kirby, I, I look at you and I think a lot of other people look at you and they see this happy go lucky, um, highly successful entrepreneur, um, author, content producer. Um, and I know that optimism is a big part of your story. I want to know if you can remember a time when you failed spectacularly and how the power of optimism or the things that you write about in your book came to the rescue. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So failed spectacularly. I think, you know, it reminds me of my worst day, my worst day as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, that's what I, I kind of think of and my worst day, and I, you and I've discussed it, so I know, you know, but my worst day was a day, um, early on in Hosman marketing and, and, you know, where I, I had said to my wife and Hey, I'm, we're going to step out. We're going to, you're going to forget all these crazy salaries and benefits things. And I'm going to do this on our own and everything's going to be fine. And early on, um, probably a year or two in, um, it was <laughs> very tight. <laughs> yeah. Cash flow was not at a minimum; it was non-existent. And we were sitting at the yeah. kitchen table, and 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 I remember it being March because it was right around the tournament, um, the March Madness tournament. Uh, and a buddy of mine called me and said, "Hey, look, we're having this little tournament. We're putting just a little bit of money in to make it interesting." And uh, he he said it's just a hundred bucks to get in, and then da 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 da, and I I just didn't have the wherewithal about me to say I don't have a hundred dollars, and so I hung up the phone, and my wife was not pleased because we we you know we didn't have the money to do that, and it was it and and to this day this um is hard to tell, but my oldest now she was probably 10 years old at the time said, you know, I heard her mother and I arguing and said, well, mommy, just we'll get the money. Cause daddy, daddy could win. He's really good at basketball, <laughs> <laughs> which 
is both funny and humbling and awful, right? Right, um, right. So I had to excuse myself from the uh, table because <laughs> I didn't want my daughter to see me cry. And so that was a day where you just go, okay, I got to do better than this. Right. And so what I found in, in that, that moment was, A, it's great to have people who really believe in you um, more than you do sometimes, right? Um, and it's also important, I think, for all of us as entrepreneurs to understand that there are seasons. You know, like the, what I've found as I had more experience in this business is there are times when cash flow is tight. There are times when you're rolling in it. And, but both of those are just seasons, <laughs> yep. and not yep. to get too excited or get too upset. And so there's on those worst days that like, as you can probably hear in my voice, it's still hard for me to talk about. Yeah. Um, it, there are lessons and that idea of saying, look, it's going to be okay. Um, there's real value in that, um, rather than just kind of caving. Um, yep. and like I said, having those people around you that believe in you, is super important, whether it's your family or whether it's people like you and other people in the industry that kind of lift you up on those days yeah. where you don't feel like being up. Yeah, that's a great answer. And, and I certainly, um, yeah, I, 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 I've been there before, so <laughs> I'm yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, well, Kirby, thank you so much. This has been so, so fantastic. Can you, um, uh, let people know where they could learn more about you if they are looking to connect with you, Kirby. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate that. Uh, easiest place to find content, which what we've talked a lot about, is if you go to kirbyhossaman.com, you'll see blogs, podcasts, videos, all that stuff. Um, but I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Snapchat, which is one of my new favorites. So, yeah, you mm. can connect with me by simply you know, searching Kirby Hossaman on all of those. Right. Fantastic. And what I will say in closing is, uh, again, a reminder for folks that we will be giving away 25 hard copies of Fan of Happy. And I say hard copies because it really is a very cool book. The design is fantastic. And I love the texture of the book. If you're one of those uh, lucky recipients, you'll know what I mean. It's a beautiful matte finish. And all you need to do is uh, tag us, that's Common Skew, on Facebook, Twitter, or Common Skew, and we will track you down and send it direct from Amazon to your address. Uh, and with that, thank you so much for all of your support, and we will chat with you on the next SkewCast. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of SkewCast. Be sure to keep up with our latest content by subscribing to SkewCast on iTunes or to our blog at community.commonskew.com. Until next time, friends, thanks so much for listening. Music.